Here's the Smart Retirement Cast brought to you by Smart Retirement Media. Now, here's your hosts, Mike and Matt. All right, welcome back, listeners, for another great episode of Smart Retirement Podcast. This is our first episode of 2020, and man, we've got a full year to share with you. But before we get into the episode, I want to just uh, welcome my co-host, Matt Hollander over in Arizona. How you doing, Matt? Pretty good, Mr. Mike. Happy New Year to you. Same to you, my friend. Happy New Year. And Happy New Year to all the listeners. Um, a big thanks to giving us another great month. We ended December with our most downloads ever. And uh, just a token of our gratitude to all of you that continue to listen to the show and be part of this smart retirement community. Absolutely. Uh, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, we've got this year, uh, Matt and I are so excited to share the full year with you. Uh, we only started in the middle of last year, 2019. We've got a year of the election. We've got, um, we've got the market coming off of historical gains and what is the beginning of a, an 11 year bull run. Isn't that crazy? 11 years. Um, and then we've got all the stuff that happens day in and day out with current events, geopolitical activity, and the market itself, not only in the United States, but globally. So it's going to be a fun-packed year with all types of smart retirement discussions. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and right off the bat, without any further delay, we've got a question from one of our listeners that is very prudent this time of year to consider, which is Social Security. Right, Matt? Absolutely. Uh, Mike, you want to read the question? I do. I do. I'm cool. probably going to botch the, the pronunciation of this, but Sherry from Temescal Valley. Uh, Temescal Valley. Yeah. Temescal Valley. <laughs> yeah. This, this is a, a, a listener that's that called in actually just, was it just this morning or yesterday? She called me uh, this morning, actually. And she's looking to retire in April and is wondering if she should wait to claim social security until she is the big seven zero seventy, or um, she's currently sixty nine right now. So, if she should claim Social Security, how should she do it, Matt? Okay, so going back to our Social Security show from last year, we all are educated and know that if we make it past our full retirement at age, and every year that we wait, we have an eight percent increase on that Social Security benefit, right? So, by waiting that extra year, her guaranteed amount that Social Security is going to pay here is going to go up. But after talking with Sherry a little bit about this, and Sherry, full disclosure, is one of my current clients, but um, her major concern was, okay, if I wait an extra year and I retire, how can I afford to wait that extra year? And what assets should I tap into, uh, you know, to, to kind of bridge that gap, right? So with that discussion, it we talked about a, a number of different things, but what Sherry and I had done when we first sat together, and it's one of the things that I preach to all of our listeners is sit down with your current financial advisor, give us a call uh, and build some type of retirement income plan for yourself. Uh, it's one of those things that for these types of scenarios specifically that we could say, okay, we've got one year. How do we bridge that income gap if we're wanting to do it a year early? And Fortunately, in Sherry's case, we had kind of set a plan in motion um, that had the option if she wanted to retire two or three years early even and how we could make that successful. So 
<clears throat> I think in any scenario, it's just important to you know plan ahead in this scenario. Uh, check with your current financial advisors again uh, of how and what type of plan they have for you. Should you decide to you know retire early, but want to wait on claiming that Social Security, so. Yeah. So Matt, let me just chime in really quick here. It, it, do you have, uh, I don't know if you have this known off the top of your head, but do you have the delineation in uh, difference, in, I should say, between returns if you take it at 69 and 70? Is it twenty approximately 22% per year? Or is uh... it, I would be interested to know, because this is what I do a lot of times when people think about you know, paying off their mortgage. What's the difference in what they're going to save, or in this case, would be what the difference is and what she's going to make. Sure. Sure, and I think no, not not really. Um, you know, what you're asking is kind of depending on. Uh, it's kind of twofold. You're almost saying, okay, if we take, did you say sixty two? Is that what? If you take it, no, I'm just looking at the delta or the difference between year sixty nine and seventy, because you know whatever okay. she accepts, she's going to get for the rest of her life. So we'd have to look at. If she lives to 80, sure. you know, we multiply that change in dollars by 10. Well, fortunately, I've got a Social Security calculator that based upon someone's date, year of birth and what their benefit would be now if we wait, what the, the difference is going to be for waiting. Um, right. You know, it, it is a set 8% every year, but it's 8% per year. So if we're only nine months out, so there's going to be some differences there as well. So. With that, um, you know, Mike, as I've done for some of your clients in the past, but, you know, reach out, listeners, uh, info at smartretirementcast.com and uh, shoot us a thing. And I'm happy to run you a free Social Security analysis and kind of show you, uh, you know, should you live to X expectation of life expectancy, uh, you know, what the difference is going to be claiming between 68 and maybe even 70 and how that's going to work for you. So I don't want to spend too much time on social security today. But um, it is interesting though, just as we segue into our show, I mean, if you took 1750 a month, let's just say her, her income would be 1750 a month right okay. now. And you, so that multiplied by 12 or annualized as people like to say is $21,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's, if you, if you made 7% in 2019 on a $300,000 asset or holdings or annuity, you could take out $21,000 this year, you know, it'd be taxable, right? We've talked about that yep. unless you, unless you borrow against the fund or withdrawal or it's in a Roth or it's in a Roth. Right. So you could easily, this would be the segue discussion. This is easily the way to look at, especially following a year like 2019, where you've got some great gains. Maybe it makes sense to tap into these gains. Sure. You'll pay a little bit of tax, but you move you, you move the needle from getting paid in 69 to 70, and you're going to get a return on that money that you took out anyway. So it's a great way to think about using the assets that are available to us, whether it be equity in your home or or the assets in a retirement account to minimize your, your liability. I think of liability here as if you take it the money in 69, you're going to get less than you would have gotten in 50, 70. So that difference between the two years is almost like an expense, right? It's almost sure. like a liability. You're not going to have it. It's not yours. It's someone else's. So, But I guess that, the other question then is if, 
let's say you take it at 68 rather than 70 because you think for that two years, you could take that benefit and go out and earn more than, you know, the 8% or, or when it all works out of your life expectancy, you could make more money on that money earlier, right? Yeah. So that's one of the other things I can run inside my calculator. You give me a rate of return that you want to compare it to, and we can see if it makes sense. Right. I don't. I don't have the golden ticket for every person out there because everyone's situation is going to be different. Yeah, right? and some people like to work. I mean, we're seeing right here. Sherry's still working, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So at sixty nine, good for you. But I feel like there are other people out there that are ready to be done working. I would probably agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think both I you think- and I want to retire. You know, before we're, uh, you know, before we're in our sixties. So. That for would, sure. uh, you know, so I guess everyone, yeah. everyone wants to do different things and some people, uh, you know, have to continue working and, uh, not necessarily a bad thing. It just might some be some better planning, uh, going into the future. Should it be able to help that? So, yeah, there are different ways to squeeze blood out of a turnip and Matt Hollander's happy to help you with that. Now, do you guys, um, Matt, did I cut you off before we segue into the break? You didn't. Um, the only thing I wanted to kind of get into there was if we're saying, uh, you know, proper planning, I think it's crucial for this show today, the, the title of it being Capture the Gains of uh, 2019, is Mark Rogers on one of our previous sh- shows said it really, really well and was talking about uh, consumers in what they do when, as far as buying and selling when it comes to the stock market, right? So what you want to do is buy low, sell high, right? Yeah. And what is normally happening? It's usually the opposite. They jump in late and they sell and maybe the market takes a little correction. They get nervous and they sell, they have a loss. So my biggest thing here is, hey, we just got done with one of the biggest bull market years of this last almost 11 year period it might be time to start taking some of these gains off the table. And I think in today's show, uh, Mike, let's talk about some of those ideas of how we can do that. That's ex- that's exactly what we're going to do, Matt. So listeners, stick around. When we come back from this short break for our sponsors, we're going to set up a couple different ways you can take some of the money off the table that Matt's talking about, some of the gains from 2019, where instead of um, hoping, praying, and strategizing that the money in the market's going to do exactly what it did last year, or even, gosh, even half of what it did last year, you can start pulling some of that money off and putting it into more of a safe planning investment that will help you throughout retirement, not only maximize income, but make you feel and sleep better at night because of minimizing liabilities. So please stick around. We'll be right back with more Smart Retirement Podcast right after this break. Honestly, when was the last time you really took a hard look at your retirement plan? With the market the way it's been, it can be easy to become complacent. A new decade is upon us, which comes with a lot of questions. Can the economy and the market continue to grow? What will the next election do to my investments? Is it time to sell my house before the market adjusts to downsize and take advantage of the equity? How can I best maneuver to maximize return? The answer is simple. It never hurts to get a second opinion from a team like Century Financial Consultants. With over 40 years of financial planning experience, 
Get a free retirement analysis from Century Financial Consultants today to see where you stand and if you're ready for any changes we may face in the coming year. Give Century Financial Consultants a call today at 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Prepare for an uncertain tomorrow so you can relax and enjoy today. Get a free retirement analysis from Century Financial Consultants by calling 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Century Financial Consultants, California license number 0L23991 and 0175638. Hey guys, Mike Points, co-host of Smart Retirement Podcast and a licensed loan officer. Let me ask you a question. When is the last time you sat down with your mortgage officer to discuss how your mortgage is going to affect you during retirement or how the current products and laws out there now are different from when you originally got your mortgage? Allow my team of retirement specialists and myself to put together a proposal for you that shows all of the different products and options you have right now. This is something we can implement in the next one to two months that helps you improve your current situation. If you're not able to remove your mortgage payment with your current mortgage, if you're not able to tap into the liquidity, and if you're not able to prepare better for healthcare costs, I want to show you how we can do that. So please contact me by calling 866-53-RETIRE, option two. Once again, that's 866-53-RETIRE, option two, or contact me at info at smartretirementcast.com. Look forward to hearing from you soon. And MLS number 124-6224. Welcome back, listeners, for a, another episode of Smart Retirement Podcast. Thank you for tuning into our short break there. Uh, wanted to come back from the break and discuss a little bit about what we saw in 2019 in the market as a whole. Um, Mike, I'm sure you know some of these stats, but just kind of wanted to go over some of them. Uh, you know, S&P 500 last year, 29%. Uh, it's the best showing of the S&P 500 since 2013. Uh, the Dow added about 22%, and the NASDAQ was up uh, 35%. So, you know, those tech stocks and things were, were, were jumping pretty good. Um, you know, the things that we're also focusing on and kind of determining if, if 2020 is going to be as good of a year as 2019, uh, you know, everyone was kind of concerned, Mike, about, you know, the trade talk talks with China and how that was going to go. And I think, you know, as of this recording, there hasn't necessarily the first phase of the deal hasn't been signed yet. They're saying it's going to be, so we will see. Um, but I think what we're seeing, at least at the beginning of the year so far, is that the market likes the idea of, you know, some type of deal uh, kind of coming from that. So, Tune in. We'll kind of see. Um, you know, I was reading a couple reports that were done um, by some of the big banks and like uh, BMO Capital, Goldman Sachs. You know, they're saying that the S and P five hundred this year is probably only going to do about five point two percent. So we'll see, right? But at the same time, we're coming off of a year with record growth. Doesn't make sense to take off some of the profit and do something else with it. You know, Mike, you, 
you made a really good uh, reference right before, right after while we were on the break, and you were talking about like a roulette table, right? You've got a hundred dollars and and you hit. So what do you do with the profits? Do you put it back on the table and gamble a little bit with it, or do you stick it back in your pocket and go buy dinner with it? Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just depends on what your strategy is. Just like you should have a strategy if you're you know, on a casino floor, you should have a strategy in your retirement planning because, you know, metaphorically speaking, rest assured, the casino wants you to keep playing. I mean, the market, the, the, the only way the lights stay on is if you, you lose money eventually and pay the casino. Um, and, you know, the market itself is, is much like a casino in that it's volatile. I mean, you can go from winning, winning, winning to losing. I think the best thing to start thinking about early, very early, like right now in this time of year is you know, what, what are the most important things that matter to me? Have I, I mean, would I sleep better at night if I got rid of my mortgage payment? Sure. You know? And and that doesn't mean get a reverse mortgage. It means like, you know, if you've only got a hundred thousand dollars left on that mortgage, you know, what would it mean to transfer equity from your retirement accounts to equity on your real estate that you own, you know, how much would that affect your income statement? And, you know, I know you're going to get into this map, but you, you probably have, you probably could argue from the different side of the aisle, which is, well, hold on a second. I mean, we always want to buy low. So if we're going to see the market dip this year, maybe we want to buy it again. Right. You know, so that's one money, so put that. So put that money that you won in cash equivalents and get ready to have it on the sideline. Right. And it might be a buying opportunity. Um, and that kind of depends, you know, and then going back uh, at the mortgage conversation is, OK, well, if we're earning, you know, if we had all of our money in the S&P 500 last year, we made 29 percent. It's kind of hard to want to take the money out of the market now and pay off a mortgage that we're borrowing at what, three and a half, four percent, maybe, Mike? Yeah, I mean, most of the mortgages I see are have a rate of anywhere from, I've seen some still in the low threes. Um, I, I just saw someone two weeks ago that had a 2.875 15-year mortgage. And they were get, there's still some people out there that have four and a quarter um, to 5%. I mean, if you got your mortgage in the, um, in the early winter, late fall of 2018, I mean, you paid almost 5% for your loan. Wow. So, you know, those people are right now should be, should be looking at refinancing makes a lot of sense, especially when you've only had the loan for a year and a half or a year and a quarter. But, um, yeah, to answer your question, the internal rate of borrowing is so low right now. Why would you pass up on an 8% return that you could make in the market? And here's my answer to that question. That person, listen, the balance sheet is, is a good thing to keep an eye on. When you're 40, 45, 50, 55, you want to be growing that thing as much as you can. But if you're 65, 70, 75, I believe your ability to keep income going or reduce big liabilities trumps the balance sheet in many ways. So what am I saying? Paying off a mortgage that is currently amortized over 30 years, but has that payment of $1,600 a month from when you got it. 20 years ago or, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, that can help you save. I mean, that would be almost $21,000 a year and just outflow of payments. 
So Myla thought there, Mike, sorry to interrupt you, but what if we took a portion of some of these gains that we've had on these accounts and <clears throat> decided to pay down some of the mortgage? And let's say we're on a 30-year mortgage. We've, we're 10 years into payments, right? And we take enough money to pay this thing down to maybe do a 15-year loan. Payment stays nearly the same, but we've knocked off five years of that payment, right? So that might be another strategy. Plus, the rate's going to probably be substantially less going from a 30-year to a 15-year loan. Is that right, Mike? That is correct. Um, okay. That payment that payment will go up because you'll be at a 15-year. You might be able to get it right back to the same payment amount, Matt. Right. Here's, yeah. Here's one thing I always offer to my clients when we're sitting down at my desk looking at possible options. You can do what's called a recast or reamortization of a loan as long as it's within the first 10 years of the loan's life. And what a recast or reamortization is, is as long as you have 10% of the current active loan balance to bring in in cash. So in this scenario, $100,000 loan, you'd have to have at least 10 grand. Okay. So if you have 10%, you can work with the servicer in about half a week and have them readjust what your new payment would be. So they would go back in time. You don't change a loan. You don't get a new loan. You don't have escrow fees. You don't have to go through an appraisal. You don't change the current rate you have. And you, they apply the $10,000 to your current balance, but they amortize it on a schedule as if you were doing the 30-year loan today. So they reduce that payment significantly. I mean, you could reduce your payment $200, $300 a month just for giving them 10 or 15 grand. See, and that might be a great way to take some of these profits off the table and invest it right back into your home, you know, rather than necessarily paying off the whole mortgage, kind of reducing the outflow. Right? Yeah. I mean, it, let's just cobble together the best plan we can. This is like you said in your metaphor, paying for a steak with the roulette winnings. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now you can go out to dinner, buy yourself a $35, $40 steak and a glass of wine with your $60 in winnings. And it's like someone paid for your dinner. Right. You know, the best thing to do when you're looking at mortgages, something significant as a mortgage, is how do I get it down without paying fees? I mean, in order to go through a transaction and do what you suggested, you'd have to do bank fees, escrow fees, an appraisal, unless your banker pays for it for you. And then you'd have to close with either borrowing those funds against your loan amount or bringing in cash to pay those fees. Sure. What I'm saying is if, you know, if you've got $40,000 you made or $80,000 last year, look at what $50,000 to your mortgage could do in lowering the payment. Now, you're going to wire the money over to the servicer and the next billing statement, your mortgage payment's going to be changed. They have to walk you through what that payment's going to be before you make the deal. You'll actually sign some paperwork you'll have about $125 service transaction fee that they'll apply to the next mortgage and hmm. boom, you'll be off and running. That is your equity. That's not a payment. You know, it's just basically lowering your balance and increasing the equity you have on that real estate. Sounds like a win-win to me. Well, it's just a great, <laughs> it's just a great, great way to take off some of the winnings. Now you can keep, you can still do it with that idea in mind. You can still have, Fifteen twenty thousand dollars on the sidelines, ready, geared up for when the market dips. Buy at the dips, 
if the market continues to soar uh, above 10%, will you kick yourself in the shorts a little bit? Yeah, you might. But every month when you get that $500 less mortgage statement, you'll know where that money went. Right. And we all know that the market eventually is going to turn around. Uh, we're not going to have this bull run all the time. Um, you know, so for those years where we've got that bear market, look what your mortgage payment is now. That's right. You yeah. know, so um, let's do this. Let's take a quick break, Mike. And when we come back, I've got a couple ideas that I'd like to discuss uh, regarding some different types of kind of safe money investments, if that uh, if that works for you. Excellent. I can't wait. Perfect. Listeners, we'll be right back after this break. Honestly, when was the last time you really took a hard look at your retirement plan? With the way the market's been, it's easy to become complacent. A new decade is upon us, which comes with a lot of questions. Can the economy and market continue to grow? What will the next election do to my investments? How can I best maneuver to maximize return? The answer? It's simple. Get a second opinion from a team like Century Financial Consultants. With over 40 years of financial planning experience, give Century Financial Consultants a call today at 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Okay, we back, listeners, for the final segment of your Smart Retirement Podcast. Happy New Year's, everyone. Uh, we're back to do one of many episodes this year. Um, right before the break, we were just talking about different ways to take some of your earnings, your money, your, your returns off the table from 2019 and put them into things that help you in retirement. Um, sure, you can leave them in the market, but it might make more sense for you to pull it off and out of the market to do other things with it. So Matt Hollander, without further ado, let's hear some more ideas from you, my friend. Thank you, Mr. Mike. Yeah. And I mean, by no means are we saying take all your money out of the stock market because realistically, it probably does make some sense to at least have some in there in this uh, roller coaster that we're probably going to have over the next few years here. Um, you know, we touched that at the beginning of the show, but yeah, we're in an election year. And if you look at what the elections normally do to the stock market, it can get kind of interesting. There's a lot of uh, unknown uh, with investors. And when there's unknown, people kind of tend to get a little leery with investing. So I think this year, realistically, I think the big banks are probably right. I don't think we're going to see uh, the crazy spikes in the market that we saw last year. Uh, but I do think that we're going to see some consistency to it. Uh you know, looking at what the global markets are doing in a whole, uh, that stuff's starting to turn around a bit. So definitely probably definitely want to be keeping an eye on that and at least considering keeping some on the table. Um, but being this show that we want to talk about capturing the gains of 2019, the best way to capture a gain is by taking it off the table. Uh, you know, I, I love when clients come into the office and they're like, Matt, I made 18% last year. I say, really? So what account did you deposit that into? 
And they yeah. usually look at me and they're like, what do you, what do you mean? It's still, it's yeah. still in the Vanguard of the Schwab account. I said, okay, so on paper, your account went up by this. You did not make anything. Because right. in reality, you haven't made anything until you what, Mike? You sell, right? <laughs> so then the question becomes, okay, this money might not be in an IRA. So if we sell, we're going to have capital gains to deal with. And being that we're a, we're a few months, a couple months away from really having that tax conversation with the accountant and starting to get those things prepared, what I would suggest that you do is go ahead and start speaking with your accountant now or in the next mm -hmm. couple of weeks and strategize some ideas of what losses you might be able to carry forward to offset some of these things. Um, you know, you might have done those home improvements on the house and you can write some of that off against the gains. So some things we should be looking at there. Um, also, consult with your financial advisor, consult with us. Happy to go over some ideas with that. Um, you know, yeah, let me chime in really quick. Man. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. So many of my retirees, they, they were complicated, but now they're not complicated. Like they have maybe one or two rental properties. Um, you know, they've got some funds they're taking on re required minimum distribution. So they'll self-prepare their taxes. So if you'd like, if you're listening to this and you self-prepare, go ahead and complete your copy. Don't submit it yet to the IRS and contact Matt or I by dialing 866-53-RETIRE. Option one is Matt Hollander our, uh, with Century Financial. And option two is Mike Points with Central Coast Lending. Either of us could talk to you about a strategy you want to discuss. Um, we would not bring it up on the show unless you wanted us to um, mention your scenario without your name and city. And then you could get some advice from us before you file the taxes with the IRS. So we might be able to suggest some things. Um, we could even put you in touch with the CPAs that we have respectively in our states so that you could um, have a discussion. I think anytime you have a year that follows a gains, uh, when you're in a year like this, that follows all the gains of 2019, makes sense to file early, see what you could execute to take advantage of the tax efficiency. Yep, exactly. Uh, you know, and it's the one thing we always stress on the show, proper planning, getting in front of what you're doing. I can't stress that enough. Uh, you know, we could be having a much different conversation at the end of the year if 2020 doesn't pan out the way that uh, we all hope and uh, think it might. And maybe we give up all these losses we had from 2019. I don't have a crystal ball. Listeners, if you do, please call me and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to borrow it. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know, still have not found one of those yet. So, you know, what's interesting is I've got some clients that have, and I've talked about this on the show a little bit, but some with what are called a fixed indexed or an equity indexed annuity. And with an equity indexed annuity, essentially, it's it, it's set to mirror or follow a certain index, right? So, in a scenario where the stock, the S and P five hundred last year was up twenty nine percent, let's say this indexed product gave you, um, let's call it maybe half, right? So, how bad is half of that? I mean, realistically. Not because here's what happens is if we get into a year where we have a down year with an index product, the gains are locked in. So every year right. you have a growth year, you're not having to worry about, okay, I got to take my gains off the table and go do something with them. No, you don't. You can leave them in the account. 
they'll never be lower than they were the year before unless you take money out. Then you have the freedom to make the decisions what you're going to do with your gains rather than being on that stock market roller coaster. And I think it's an excellent product for my clients that are are getting into those retirement years, you know, five, 10 years away from retirement or currently in retirement. It kind of takes that worrying out of the stock market. You know, I had one client that um, I talked with today. She actually had an 18% return on her indexed annuity over this last year. And we were just- That's unheard of. Yeah. I mean, it was mind-blowing. I mean, these things usually, they do a decent job of mimicking, following the market or mimicking the market, but nothing like that. I mean, that, and we've had a few of those this last year. So yeah, even in an up market, you're still going to be able to have decent returns. Um, She's got a pretty conservative uh, account that she set up with TD Ameritrade that only returned 13% over that same time frame. So, you know, these index products give you access to maybe higher risk indexes without any actual risk to your portfolio. So if that's even something you would even think of considering, 866-53-RETIRE, option one for Matt Hollander. And I've got a great little sheet that I can email you or mail to you that kind of explains how these equity indexed annuities work and how they might fit into your portfolio. So that's option, you know, that might be one option for some of these funds. You know, take the gains off of the principal, take the gains and stick it in there, let the gains still continue to grow, uh, and maybe do a mixture of a couple of things. Take some of the gains, put it into an equity index product, and then maybe speak with my guy Mike here and, uh, you know, look at paying down some of your, of your mortgage with that. Or maybe, hey, let's take the principal altogether out of the market, leave some in the market, and go ahead and pay down that mortgage. So bunches of different strategies out there. Um, but again, everyone's situation is different. So this show is definitely a general information show. By no means are we saying, hey, go out and do this. As I said, consult with your tax advisor. But there definitely could be some benefits here for all of you listeners out there of how to uh, allocate some of these earnings that you've had for 2019 and make sure they stay in your pocketbook and not going back to, uh, you know, back into the losses of the market. So Mike thoughts. Yeah. I had a question. Is there any, so just thinking of major um, challenges in retirement here, you know, health insurance is always one of them at the top of the list. Sure. Uh, you can't, like you said, no one has a crystal ball. You can't prepare for when you're going to have these expenses. But if you have a major game year like this, one that's clearly unexpected to be this good, can you pay for long-term care insurance like on an annual premium? Or can you can you like pay for five years at sure. once and get a discount? Yep, absolutely. So there's different ways long-term care insurance works and you can make a lump sum payment and buy it up front and never have to make another payment into it again. And then going down the road, um, should you want to you know, increase that? So that's definitely a thought. Uh, and I know that's a concern with a lot of our listeners is as we're getting older with costs of long-term care coming up you know, over $8,000 a month in most states. Um, that is one of the single-handedly things that could wipe out your retirement. So definitely an idea of to start stacking some of this money away to pay for that. 
Um, the other thought there is if we don't have a, enough money to 100% fund a long-term care insurance policy, and you stick it into an annuity for, let's say, the, the sum of money, and set up the long-term care on an annual pay and have the annuity pay the long-term care insurance policy. So you've kind of set it, forget it, and you know, the payments are guaranteed to come out of that annuity for the rest of your life, right? So we know that long-term care insurance will get paid. Yeah. Can you have the, the clerical part of the, the annuity paid to anyone or does it have to be paid to the, the annuitant? They'd still have to deal with like the bookkeeping, right? They'd have to get yeah, the check. So, yeah, exactly. So they're going to have to get the check and they're going to have to send it out, um, you know, on their check to the yeah. insurance company okay. or, you know, they could set it up to where the, uh, like an automatic payment goes right into their bank account. And then the next day, an automatic payment comes out for the long-term care insurance, right? So they don't necessarily have to deal with it, but the money has to go to the to the client and then back out. Got it. Got it. So. Yeah, those are some good ideas. I mean, it's always it's always fun to talk about how to make more equity, right? How to increase assets or lower liabilities. But you know, some of these these things that could take out the whole chessboard are, is the health health insurance piece, absolutely health, healthcare cost. Um, Matt, yeah. anything else you want to add for this episode today? Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing that I want to kind of finish with is don't get greedy in the stock market. Right. Uh, right. It can bite you. And if we're this close to retirement and you're saying, oh, my goodness, this is going to change my retirement because of the gains we've had in 2019. I urge you to please take some money off the table and make sure that we're not having to have a conversation later on of, darn it, I wish I would have done that. Right. So, yeah. Let's go out and make 2020 one of the best years of our retirement. Let's make some good choices. And let's put a plan together to make sure that, um, you know, the rest of our life is actually the best of our life. Thanks for listening, listeners. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide or construed as providing specific investment advice. Any economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee the strategies promoted will be successful. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee return or eliminate risk in all market environments. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. California license number 0175638 and MLS number 1246224.